It's time to rock your midlife with Dr. Ellen Albertson. Are you ready to get real, break through, and learn how to make your midlife the best time of your life? Take on those life challenges and turn them into opportunities? Let's rock. Here's Dr. Ellen. Hey, everybody. Dr. Ellen here, the Midlife Whisperer. I hope that you are having a great day. Thank you so much for joining me. If you are a new listener, welcome. We have a power-packed show. If you're returning, I'm so grateful that you are here listening to me again because today's show is going to be powerful. It's all about how to feel confident and secure your midlife romantically and financially. And the two actually do go together. And if you're listening to this live or in early February, you know, like Valentine's Day is around the corner. So I'm going to share my personal story of how I met Mr. Aquarius, uh, my man Ken, and how happy I am at midlife rocking it. And I'm also going to be talking to celebrity healer, Adrian Blackwell. She is absolutely amazing. She has been featured on many TV shows around the globe, including E, NBC News, Travel Channel, and the Bio Channel. She has a healing background. She's a Reiki master like me. She's a shamanic healer. And she's going to tell us really how we can manifest romance and really live with more abundance and prosperity. But first, I have a question for you Do you believe in miracles? Well, I certainly do. And miracles are a surprising and welcome event that is not explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of divine agency. I'm here to say miracles really do exist. Whether you are looking for a miracle to meet the love of your life, you've got a healing crisis. I have healed from multiple healing crises, which is totally a miracle. The fact that you even exist is a miracle. You know, as Einstein says, there's two ways of looking at the world, either that everything is a miracle or nothing is a miracle. So today we're going to really get into a miracle mindset. You know, miracles are all about changing your thinking. This year I have um, embraced A Course in Miracles again. I've done it over the years and I thought, yeah, 2023, it's time to dust it off and take it out. And I, every time I work with the material it's always different. It's like living material. It's super powerful. Working with A Course in Miracles and Miracles in general really changes how you see the world. It helps us to move beyond our thinking mind, beyond our ego, and all of those false perceptions of separation that we feel are so real when you feel like alone and there's nowhere here for you. That is totally, totally a BS story. And we're going to help you shift those stories because miracles naturally belong to us. It's What's key is to let go of the ego mind and be open to receiving miracles and then step into who you are and let go of that complaining mind that keeps you in fear and keeps you stuck. As the Course of Miracles said, says, there's fear and there's love and that's it. And so it's all about embracing this miracle energy. And what I love about the work I do is, yeah, I've got I've got a octopus brain and more degrees than a thermometer, and I've worked really hard to get all of this clinical expertise, but boy, do I believe in woo. And if woo wasn't out there, if these things that we can't quite prove by science, but we're starting to study them weren't real, I don't know, my life just wouldn't be juicy and joyful and makes sense to me. So I'm so excited to be diving into miracles. Before I bring Adrian Blackwell on, I want to tell you about um, 
my miracle man, Kenny, and the miracle of meeting him. If you're listening and you're like, oh my God, I'm in midlife and there's no way I'm going to get a relationship. I hate Valentine's Day and I'm tired of being alone. I'm here to say, first of all, there are awesome partners out there. Whatever kind of people you are looking for, they're out there. And if you have this idea like, oh my God, relationships suck and there's nobody out there and I just keep attracting losers, that's what's going to show up. And that kind of was my story. I got divorced and I was in a relationship with rebound guy and he definitely wasn't right for me, although it was kind of fun. Um, and I decided to break up with him and really make miracles happen. And I joined a um, app called Spiritual Singles. And within three weeks, I found Kenny. He actually found me. It's a great app if you are interested in spirituality. I just found um, I am heterosexual and love men and wanted to meet, you know, my future partner for the next 30, 40 years of my life. And I have to say, I, off the bat, I attracted three Aquarius engineers um, and Kenny was definitely the winner. He was local. So he lived uh, where I live now on this beautiful island. And I feel like, my goodness, the universe just sent me this man and this whole life that is beyond my wildest expectations. I was doing this exercise that I call a destination vibration, where I was really remembering a time in my life where I was joyful and happy and dancing and it was during COVID, during lockdown. So I was using visualization to really raise my vibration, to attract not just a, a great guy, but a great life. And I came out to, to meet Kenny. Kenny, we had our first date, which was awesome at my place. And then um, on our fourth date, I went out to his place and I'm like driving up the driveway and the theme song from Gone with the Winds going on my mind. It's like, do, 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 do. I drive up to the estate. It's next to a big old cornfield. It's July. It's the summer. And it was like, I fell in love with this island and this amazing man. He totally treats me like gold. He spoils me rotten. Um, I'm actually getting re ready to go to Costa Rica. The man found me prescription goggles for snorkeling. I love snorkeling, but I'm really, really um, myopic. And I was like, that's a thing. And he went out and he got me snorkels and he got me fins uh, and this goggle and he bought me flowers the other day. And he's just, he's just the absolute best. Plus, I really wanted to eat more organic, healthy produce. I'm a dietitian and I love healthy food. I was going to join a community supported agriculture. And here I am and I meet this guy with this ginormous garden. Like we're talking mini farm here. He's this incredible gardener who can't cook to save his life. His idea of cooking is like nuke it till it's done. And I'm a great cook. So it's just been an amazing marriage. We are engaged. We're not, we haven't set a date yet, but it, but it's happening and he's happening and I'm super happy. So I am here to say miracles are a thing. And there are amazing men and women out there for you to meet who are waiting for you, but you've got to get the right mindset and you've got to get away from this poor me. I'll never find anybody. And you've got to start to be the person that you want to be to attract the right person in your life. So we're going to be talking all about healing and attraction. And I am introducing our beautiful guest. She is celebrity healer, Adrienne Blackwell. She's been featured on many TV shows around the globe, like E! and NBC News and the Bio Channel. 
she's got a healing background as a Reiki master teacher. She's a shamanic healer. She's a theta healer. She does medical uh, Qigong, um, all of which were the catalyst for her to create her own modality called the Adrian Blackwell Method, which I think is, is an amalgamation of all of these 13 methodologies. Um, she was a celebrity healer for 10 years. In the previous 12 years, she was known as a celebrity psychic who learned and studied all she could about energy and healing, but she lacked confidence. Can you believe that? She had these incredible skills and she lacked confidence. So she's going to help us to figure out how to feel confident in our gifts. And she was convinced she wasn't a true healer. And once delving, delving into the 13 modalities she learned, she witnessed cancer and cysts disappearing, and she was able to help people get this find mental peace after years of being on medications for depression. Now she has seen the light. She has embraced her miracle mentality and she teaches people how to do what she does by becoming confident, miraculous energy healers. In addition, that's not enough. She authentically helps women who have given up on love in lieu of their careers. How many of you out there are like, oh my God, the perfect guy, the perfect mate doesn't exist. So I'll just focus on my career, right? Or you're a workaholic because you're in a crappy relationship. She's because she is tired of not women who aren't tired of getting what they desire. She helps people discover true love and real pleasure. Welcome to Rock Your Midlife, Adrian. So awesome to have you here. Hi, and thank you for having me. It's great. And we actually met because you reached out to me to be on your healing series that you're doing. Actually, let's start by talking about that. You've got this great mir Making Miracles Happen series. What's it about and how do people join? So it's called Adrian Blackwell's Making Miracle Happen series, and it's all about miracles. And I talk to people like you, experts, um, who help people with love and finances and spirituality, but we do it by talking about miracles and how to create miracles. Because we think of miracles as this, you know, if we're really in crisis or we're really desperate, then we're going to pray. And all of a sudden, you know, some divine entity or energy is going to fulfill this miracle. And that's the only time we can experience miracles. And really miracles are happening every day. And if we can start to focus on that and see that we actually can create more miracles when we want them. And so I wanted to create this series to teach people how to create create miracles and make it an everyday part of life. And the series starts February 1st, I believe. And I'm going to be putting the link in the show notes. So if you are listening to this before that airs, do check it out. I know I'm one of the speakers and Adrian is amazing. And so let's dive in, in in your mind. What exactly is a miracle? A miracle is something, and you've already given the definition of it, right? You, you've given the explanation of, of a miracle, but a miracle to me is something that seems like it's supernatural. It doesn't have to be, but it seems like it's supernatural. And it's just a way that something happens that we can't explain and we don't have to explain it. We just need to know how to create them. <laughs> so that's what I love about miracles is that we don't have to explain it. We just want to know how to create them. So did you grow up miracle-minded or did something happen to you to become miracle-minded? And that's actually a really good question. And I will say that I grew up miracle-minded because I did grow up religious and they talk about miracles. So that was already, already a part of my consciousness um, where miracles started to become an everyday part of my consciousness and not something that just happens to other people that you hear about and just believe. I didn't necessarily feel like miracles happened for me. Um, but as I started really digging into the healing world and starting to heal my life, I started to notice how things were really synchronistic. 
um, you can have something negative happen and then you'll hear a voice that says, well, it doesn't have to be this way. You can switch it. It's going to turn out this way if you do this thing. And then I would do this thing and something miraculous would happen, right? I started listening to my intuition or I started listening to my guides and some people feel like, you know, it's their angels, but it's, it's like all of a sudden there's this divine that's, that seems to be guiding you, your higher self. There's just something. And it seems like you're in the flow of that thing. And so as I started noticing that unfolding and my life changing and things that could have turned out really bad didn't turn out that bad and things you know that I wanted would happen in a way in which I knew that it was a miracle you can't deny it after a while you just can't no matter how much you want to you can't deny it plus it's just so much more fun right to be to live more magically to believe in miracles to learn how to make miracles happen so can you give some ideas if someone's listening and going that sounds really nice but like where do i start if you want to be miracle minded you want to make miracles happen where would you recommend someone starts to tap into their intuition and connect with i would i would tell people to start exactly where i tell my students to start and i'm what i tell them to do is surround yourself by miracles So if you have to read books about miracles, a lot of doctors have books. And I think this is where I like to come in. And if I'm, if I'm, if I was ever a disbeliever, I would pick up a a doctor's book because we tend to trust doctors. We tend to trust people who work in like the ER or anything like that. And they'll write these books about how these miracles happen. Like somebody who's supposed to die or somebody who should have been dead and how somehow they survive. There's all these miracles that are surrounding them all the time. And I even remember a doctor saying that if you've been, a doctor for at least 20 years, a practicing doctor for at least 20 years, you've seen miracles happen. You just have. And so you want to surround yourself by people's stories, uh, shows like mine, you know, programs like yours, where we talk about miracles, because the more that we, we make something the norm, the less they feel abnormal. Yeah, that's a great idea. And it's true with doctors, like when my my retina detached three times a couple of years ago, and I even the macular, which is part of that also detached. And the best doctors will really admit, like, I'll go in there and do the, be the technician to try to put things back together. But it's really, you know, up to this miraculous healing ability for it, for you to get better. Yeah. And I know you've, and the body you've seen is, that. Yeah. And I will say, even with you saying that you start to realize the body is the miracle. If the doctor can put things into place, your body does the healing. You know, how, yeah, how do it's, it's so fascinating to think if you get cut you can literally see within like a day or two like that your your body is actually healing itself that is miraculous but life works very similarly it works the exact same way yeah even the fact that we're here it's like mom and dad got together and did it and then boom you pop out nine months later it's like the fact that we even exist <laughs> is such a miracle it is it is that's so funny like yeah we we connect with pleasure and all of a sudden you actually get life out of it yeah, because I always think about pleasure as like, it's how we thank the universe for being alive and that mm-hmm. what an amazing gift life is. And I think that's something, and maybe, you know, you feel this way too at midlife. It's like, we're going along, we're going along. And sometimes we have like this tower moment in the tarot where things get like shook up. Like for me, it was, you know, divorce and the ice crisis. And then I got cancer last year. And then you're just like, so grateful to be alive. And you're like, wow, I'm running out of time. But like, life is such a miracle that I'm going to make the most of the years that I have left. You know, I think the biggest thing for, for about midlife is when you're young, you can't wait to be like 16 so you can drive. You can't wait to be 18 to be an adult. You can't wait to be 21 so you can drink. And then all of a sudden there's nothing exciting. 
and everything just seems to be like rushing. Like you're rushing to your future. You're rushing to get this. You're rushing to get your job. You're rushing to get rich. You're rushing to get into a relationship so you can start a family. And everything seems to happen really slow. And I will say this, the, 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 the biggest change that I can see is that things start to speed up in midlife. And when you're in midlife and things start to speed up, you feel like, oh, I'm running out of time now. I wish I had a stopped to really appreciate things when I was younger instead of trying to rush through it because now I'm trying to slow down and life is just rushing through, right? And so you get this uh, different perspective on life. You get a different perspective on how to live your life. You get to take all the wisdom that you learned in your youth and superimpose it over into this, this future self, right? And because we get to carry that into um, midlife, all of a sudden things become better and we have more wisdom and we start to really stop taking things for granted. I mean, life is just sweeter. The older we get, the life can just be sweeter. Now, some people know how to do that naturally. It just happens and other people don't. And I think that's what we help people walk through. We help them walk through learning how to take this experience with life Take this experience of how to slow down and enjoy things instead of rushing to slow things down or trying to slow things down and trying to force and try to control. How do we enjoy? We have the wisdom already. Let's just do it. And I think that's why it's so important to have like a coach. It's, it's important to have shows like this. It's important that you have someone to go to that can help you navigate because life is supposed to be sweeter right now. Yeah, I totally agree with you. It's kind of like the first 25 years are about learning. The second 25 is like fame and fortune. And then we get into this place of like the, the depth and giving back and trying to connect with our core values and what's truly important with us. I find a really powerful thing is being really intentional. So this is my year of more joy, less oi. I just want more joy this year. So I'm very intentional about creating joyful moments and enjoying more intentionally about what I do and also slowing the F down. You know, we can be going so fast and be so mindless and then also putting away our devices. I am so looking forward to those moments that I have where I turn off the cell phone, where I'm just out in nature with my man, with my dog, you know, out by the lake. And that's like, we, we can slow down and put the brakes on a little bit. Do you agree? I do. And it's really interesting. I was at my chiropractor's um, just last week. And I said, I'm really excited because I'm in a long distance relationship. So I'm like, I'm really excited because my boyfriend's going to be coming out and I'm taking another vacation. Like we're just coming off of Christmas, Christmas vacation for two weeks. And I'm going on another one for a whole week. Right. And I said, I, I started to realize in the last couple of years, I two vacations a, a year is mandatory and anymore is just like icing on the cake. Like I want to take as many as possible. Uh, and I love what I do. I love my clients. It was hard to do that at first, but as you get older, you start to realize taking time for you is so important. And, and I said, I think it has something to do with age. And he kind of stopped and looked at me. He said, I agree. He, he said, as I get older, I start to realize it's actually mandatory that I take time off. And he said, next year, I'm actually looking at doing the same thing, which is taking like two vacations a year, if not more. And so I, it's like, you can really appreciate that and have that rapport with somebody who's gotten it. You know, like you said, when you're younger, you're focused on wealth and building and creating, but you don't get a chance to really enjoy life the way you do as you get older. And for me, when I look at age, I don't know who's listening to this because, you know, sometimes younger people are listening to this, but I remember, um, especially just with my clients in general, I've learned that 18 to 30 is usually when you're trying to find your identity away from your parents. Who am I not being my parents' child? 
who am I as a individual or a person? So a lot of times we don't even really learn anything about ourselves in the end until we're 30, because then we get out of that and we are just being, right? We're just trying to figure out, okay, what do I want to experience? How do I want to live life? And then when you hit 35, then you, your mind starts to race about getting ready for midlife. Like I need to get prepared for this. Yeah. Oh my gosh, <laughs> like, let's rush, 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 prepare, prepare, prepare. And then when you're in it, I need to take some time for myself. I'm turning my cell phone off. I'm not responding to that text right now. I'm not getting on social media. I'm just going to enjoy the, the present moment and just be. And it's, it's such a nice feeling. Like so many people worry about this. I couldn't wait to hit 40. Like I was so excited. <laughs> I, could, I honestly couldn't wait. I told everybody like 40 is the best year. Everything that I've heard from women, like 40 is the best. I did not think about after 40. <laughs> And I was like, uh, maybe I wanted to pause at 40. I didn't think about this. And then as you start to move along, you're like, okay, this is actually really good. It's really good. Yeah, it can it can really be about being intentional and also for people who have a lot of responsibilities, whether they're work, family, it, you know, you need to carve out that time for yourself. Cause you know, I always tell my clients, like, when you get to the end of your life. What are you going to wish you would have done? You're not going to say, I wish I had worked more. I wish I had done the dishes more often and kept my house neater and decluttered and all of those things that kind of we we spent our time on, but really thinking about how you're spending your time. So I love what you were sharing about love and 40s. So I um, want to dive into you becoming a healer. So why and how did you become a healer? How did that happen? You know, when I was five, I had decided that I wanted to be a fairy and I wanted to go around <laughs> the neighborhood and the world sprinkling fairy dust on people and healing them in that way by making them happy. Um, I was young, so I couldn't say I want to be a healer. That was my best expression of, of what a healer was. And so did you dress is, up? Did you like have a little, I did costume? not. It was just in my mind, you uh -huh. know, it was just a little thought in the back of my head. I want to sprinkle fairy dust and make people happy. Um, but as I got older, you know, it was, it was such a natural next step. My mother used to always say, you know, you make a great massage therapist. And so I went for massage therapy. And then, you know, from there, I was like, well, what is all this other stuff? And even if I didn't know what it was, I wanted to study it. I wanted to learn more about it. I wanted to understand the human condition. I wanted to understand the spiritual condition. I wanted to understand who we were and how to, to make life work for us instead of against us. Cause it felt like everything was against us. It felt like we were here to fail, to be honest with you. And the more I learned about healing and the more I learned about who we were and why we're here and spirituality, all of a sudden it was like, okay, we're not here to fail. The universe is here to give us whatever we want when we tap into that. But just like when you're, you know, you're born, you can't walk. You have to learn how to, to crawl. You have to learn how to scoot. You know, I have a kid, so I saw it on the floor <laughs> scooting like this and trying to figure it out and then learn how to crawl and then learn how to walk by holding on to the side of the couch and then letting go sometimes and then grabbing back. And life is the same way. Like we have to learn how to do these things. We have to take these steps. And I think that the biggest misconception that we have is we feel like we're supposed to be popping out of our mom's wombs and knowing how to do this. And so most people won't actually do the work because they don't think it's going to work. Mm. But when you really think back on all of our lives, how we had to go to school so that we can learn something, when you go to college, you go to college so you can learn, not because you already know it. And so you put things into practice and then it becomes a part of your life. Well, miracles and midlife and everything else is the same way. We can really, really take control of our lives by realizing that all we have to do is learn a little bit and then execute what we've learned. And so when you talk about looking back on your deathbed and you're looking back on your life and what do you wish you had have done, to be honest with you, the only thing that I wish I would have done 
sooner was get a coach sooner, get somebody to walk me through the process sooner because it's so much faster. It's so much faster. And realizing that you don't have to do things alone is life-changing. Yeah, it's powerful. You know, as someone, I've been a coach for 15 years myself. So it's like, as, you, as so often when I work with a client, I can see their point Z, right? They don't know where they're going and they're feeling really lost. They're feeling really stuck. And I'm like, honey, you're 95% there. You just need a little bit of that confidence piece, a little bit of guidance to get you there. So that's a great point that you don't have to go it alone. So let's talk about confidence. So, you know, you said you've got a coach and that was super helpful, but I know it wasn't like you, you know, you were doing all this healing and part of you was, was feeling like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know if it was imposter syndrome or not feeling confident in what you were doing. How did you tap into that the confidence, being able to really trust that you had these amazing gifts? It was a belief system. So I had a belief that if you want to find a powerful healer, you have to go to India. And these people need to be meditating about 15 hours a day. And they dedicated their life to being a guru, right? So, <laughs> so in my process, of learning how to heal, I heard all these stories about normal everyday Americans like me and you who were doing healing work and people in other countries, in other places doing healing work. And I'm like, this seems to be the norm. Hmm, I wonder if I could do it. No, I can't. And so, but I kept moving forward. I kept learning. Well, if I learn more, maybe I will grow more and understand more. And, it, and I had a specific goal, mind you. And everything that I had learned up until this point, like I had seen people's sickness disappear, okay? I had seen miracles happen, but because it wasn't what I wanted to see, it wasn't good enough. I wasn't confident. And what I wanted to see was mental health issues disappear. Like people being on depression medication and having anxiety um, and being on the medication and still having depression and anxiety really isn't okay. If you're taking a pill and it works, hey, I, I'm not gonna say anything. But if you're doing all of this and you're still not feeling better, something's wrong. And so I'm like, how do we fix this? And I will not stop until I learn how to do this. And so it was really when I discovered how to do that and I started seeing that success with people that my confidence came because I was actually seeing my result, the results that I wanted for my clients actually happening. And that changed everything for me. So for me, it was just about not giving up. And I wanted to, like I told my guys, I'm not a healer. I'm, I'm a psychic. That's what I do. Um, and I'll, I'll learn this on the side for me and my family. And it wasn't until I saw everything that I wanted to come into fruition for the people that I love that I was like, I needed to do this professionally. I'm there. Well, that's amazing. Cause I think the healing energy is, is so powerful in my own self. I, um, I started off as a dietitian, not a massage therapist. And so started kind of, you know, healing people with food. And then I've always been so interested in metaphysics, but I grew up in a very scientific family where woo was not okay. Like that's just not, if you can't, if it's science was our God, right? If science doesn't prove it, then it doesn't exist. And it's kind of silly. So I really went into the spiritual closet for years. And then in my, about the, you know, around the early nineties, I guess in my thirties, um, I used to go to this, there was this unicorn bookstore back when, I don't know if you remember like uh, new age bookstores, right? They smelled mm -hmm. of incense and they had the wind chimes and the tarot cards and all of the stuff. And I used to go there and hang out there and they were doing a, a Reiki workshop. And I was like, what is Reiki? I don't know if I even knew how to pronounce it. And so I signed up and this was before Reiki was like a known entity the way it is today. And when I had that first attunement, because you learn Reiki means universal life force energy. It's both a healing technique modality, as well as a healing energy itself. 
So the Reiki master, um, Libby was like, she did her, the attunement and I immediately felt different. And I went and I went home. I'd only had the first attunement and I put my hands on my ex-husband's shoulders and he's definitely not at all. He was not into woo at all. And he was like, oh my God, your hands are like on fire. I could feel my hands were so incredibly hot. Um, so that's how I got into the healing piece. And then like fast forward, I think it took me about 20 years to actually become a master Reiki teacher and teach. And in my first class, um, it was three miracles happened. The first miracle was um, um, every, the class sold out. So I'm thinking it's Vermont. Everybody's got Reiki, has Reiki. And there were like 18, 20 people signed up for the class. The second thing was amazing. I was doing, so again, you learn Reiki with attunements, which is this blessing ceremony that the master does. So I have my hands on one of the students' hands. And all of a sudden I got this otherworldly compassion. Like I'm crying and it's just not of me, right? It's coming through me and I'm having all these tears. Um, and he is, his finger was totally bandaged up when I'm holding his hands. And after class, he took off his bandage and his finger was completely healed. I kid you not. You know, it was um, like you said, those miracles that happen that really wake you up. He had cut his finger, uh, as he said, a, a, you know, a, a vegetable chopping accident. And he was going to go to the hospital and get stitches and didn't have time. And it's gone. The scar was gone. Everything was gone. So miracles do happen. And I still just, I love Reiki. It's just a really powerful, powerful mo modality. Um, so if you're listening and you're, you know, I have listened, I work with a lot of people probably like you who are kind of like closet healers, right? They kind of doing their friends, their family, and they're so scared to go out there. Terrifying. I'm here to tell you, mm -hmm. go get yourself a massage table. <laughs> it's like, Tell the universe, I'm all in, go to wherever you need to, Amazon or whatever, get yourself a massage table, start having your friends over your family, do it with some kind of trade. And I promise you the miracles will start happening because the world needs healers right now. Would you agree that we really need to step into our healing ability? Yeah, right now I'm actually teaching a six month healing course. Um, one of the things that I don't like about healing work is when classes are so short that people mm. don't develop the confidence within the class itself. And so many classes that I took were, you know, two to four days long. Uh, the Reiki course that I took was actually six weeks. I actually took it oh, out wow. of college. And so I got to experience what it was like to have questions and be able to go to school and get those answers and what it felt like to have doubts and go to school and have those doubts addressed. And, and that felt so good to me to have that mentor for that certain amount of time that I'm actually creating that for other people. Cause I'm like, we do need healers, but we need confident healers because confident healers are the only ones that will do the work. And so I'm like, by the time you're at the end of this course, you will have confidence. You will be doing the work if that's what you're meant to do. And so, um, that is kind of my mission right now. It, my personal mission for my students is always to build confidence. And so far it's been a hundred percent. Yeah, that is so powerful. We're going to switch gears a little bit. So we've been talking about healing, but now I want to talk about romance because it, this is happening live Valentine's day is in a week. If you're listening to the recording, you know, I think for me, romance is a 365 deal. So how do we begin to secure our midlife romantically? If someone's listening and whether they're in a relationship or not, how do we start to engage with this energy of romance? Well, first of all, we need to know the truth. And the truth is very different than what we think it is. So a lot of people, we feel like as we, how do I put this delicately? <laughs> we feel as we get older, we somehow lose value. Okay. Like old fruit. 
And so a lot of people who aren't finding love or they're having uh, negative experiences in love, they're going through a divorce, they went through a divorce, whatever it is, they all of a sudden feel like there's nothing, they have no, nothing to offer in midlife. And I find that fascinating because that's when we actually find the things that we have to offer. You know, it's not just birthing hips, right? It's yeah. not just the fact that we can have a family. Like there's so much more to companionship. There's so much more in bringing enrichment into somebody's life and then bringing enrichment into yours. So it's really about realizing the truth, which is there's so much value in being able to take time out and really enjoy the person that you're with instead of trying to build that family, build that home, you know, trying to get all this money. It's like you can actually spend time together and really appreciate each other for what you bring to the table. And so just realizing the older that we get, the more richness that we have to offer the other person. And so of course, somebody is looking for you. Of course, somebody wants to be with you. Of course, they're looking for you right now if you're single. And so you can either enrich the relationship that you have because you have that wisdom, or you can actually find the right relationship and the one that will be there forever instead of looking at divorce and how is this not going to work? It's probably most likely going to work. Yeah, so start with owning your own value. Um, becoming that person that you want to be. If you have some things that you want to work on, I always tell when I'm working with women who are looking to be in a relationship, I'm like, oh, well, make sure that you like get yourself where you want to be so that you attract the person. You don't want to like not have done the work and the transformation, attract someone, you start to change. And then you in this relationship with somebody who isn't in alignment with who you are. So do your own work first. So you feel confident, you feel good about yourself. The other key thing, the piece for me, which was so key was self-love. Like learning self-compassion changed my entire world, totally rocked my midlife, rocked my world. I mean, I had such a high level of self-criticism, self-loathing. I was in a relationship with someone who criticized me a lot. It was if I needed that criticism. So often we think it's ridiculous that we need the criticism to motivate us to go forward. Hello, Virgos, right? Who's got Virgo in their chart, right? Um, And then when I did self-compassion and started practicing and really learned how to treat myself like a good friend and love myself and got out of the relationship that wasn't working for me, I think that's when I attracted someone. And what I love about midlife romance is, as you were saying, you're not worrying about the kids and the house and the finances. Like you each have your own life. Like we have our separate bank accounts. We, of course, live together, but it's kind of like this beautiful, you know, threesome or foursome where we each take care of our own needs. And we each take care of each other, but we don't depend on each other. And then we each nurture the relationship. So we're each doing our own work. We're each encouraging each other to do our own work. And then we're each like really nurturing this relationship. Like you're spending quality time together. You know, you're going on trips together. You're taking showers together. You're making time for intimacy. And like, I don't know about you, but you know, the intimacy is an interesting thing because the media shows us that as women, we're supposed to lean into being sexy. And it's all about like getting this guy to want to sleep with you. And this relationship was so refreshing for me. And I had another um, guest on who has written a book called Love in 90 Days. And she's all about like, you don't do it until, you know, put a ring on it, not literally, but like until you're in the committed relationship, because what happens that I found is like you lean into the sex piece and then the chemical stuff happens and you think you really dig this person. And then like a couple months later, you're like, oh my God, I don't actually dig this person. Like you take the sex away and like what is left. And so with yep. Kenny and I it was interesting. We, we took a break from the sex. We got to really know and enjoy each other. And we had some physiological limitations that we have actually worked on. Um, 
And so now we've got this cherry on top. It's so with the whipped cream. So it's so awesome that we fell in love with each other and we're so compatible on so many levels. And then we brought in that sexual element. Yeah, and it, it's true. Um, my boyfriend and I, you know, we, we had to start long distance. I mean, he lives on the other side of the country. And so we got to spend years actually getting to know one another and who we are and sometimes spending up to like 16 hours a day talking um, you know, just being on Skype. So it's like he had to leave and go take care of his family and I had to, you know, go work or whatever. We'd still be on Skype. So literally if he needed to get a hold of me, it was like him being in the same place because I would just hear my name and I'd be like, oh yeah, what's up? You know, and he wasn't That's talking so to cute. me. And it was so interesting just to have that dynamic almost as if he's here, but he's not. And so you can't bring that sexual element in immediately. And so there, therefore you're actually getting to know someone. And it was funny because I was like, you know, it's like, we always have something to talk about and when we're in silence, we're good. Like we just enjoy people or eat each other's company. And so I was like, somebody that I can, I can talk to about everything and anything and we don't run out of things to say, this is very interesting. <laughs> you know, we're not just gonna be sitting there twiddling our thumbs. So um, building a friendship, you know, they, they found even scientifically that building from a friendship relationships actually last a lot longer so um usually they last forever when they're friends first and and so the sex is not is not how you build a foundation and I'll never forget when I was in my 20s um I had a neighbor who was 50 I think around 58 at the time and she said you have to build it on on friendship you have to build on something other than sex and she was like you want to enjoy that that's an important part of it she said but her husband had a heart condition and if they have sex again, he could die. And so they can't, they just couldn't. That was, that was it, that was a dumb part of her life. And she said, I miss it, but we built on so much over the years that it, that's not our relationship. So yeah, we still have a nice. relationship. And, and her, just hearing her say that just clicked for me. It just, all of a sudden it just clicked for me. So I got that information in my twenties on how important building that foundation really is. Yeah, it really is. And I think it's, it can be, but the sex can be good in midlife too. <laughs> there are lots of, lots of things that you can do. Uh, if you're going through menopause, I have to say the uh, estradiol vaginally is great. I found that that's been huge, but if, I also had someone on talking about um, you're not broken, a doctor who is really a urologist talking about, there are so many things if you are, you know, if you're having issues as you're going through menopause, there are lots of things that you can do. So it's a beautiful part of the relationship, but it's not the most important part. So if you're listening, we're both here to say you can have midlife romance and you can make it the way that you want to make it. So let's talk a little bit about finances, because I know a lot of people at midlife are struggling. You know, maybe they're living paycheck to paycheck. They want to start a different kind of job. Maybe they want to, you know, do something creatively. They want to write a book or they want to sell their art or they want to become a healer, but they're, you know, stuck in a day job because they need that paycheck. And you know, they're struggling financially, maybe they need to save to get the kids, you know, through college, thinking about retirement. So how do we secure our midlife financially? So what I find for midlife, because I've been working with people in their midlife since I was in my twenties. I mean, that's just the people that I attract. And one of the things that I find to be probably the most prevalent is I want to retire. And right now I'm going to have to work into the day I die if I don't figure out something now. And so really it's about looking at your goals and what you do want to accomplish. How do you want to live your later years? Um, how do you want to enjoy your life? Do you want to travel? Do you just want to kind of stay at home and just have a really nice home space? Like what do you need and what do you want? If you don't know that, you're not going to be working towards anything. And that's a problem. 
Um, and so thinking about your midlife is so important to creating the, the midlife that you really want financially, romantically, however you want to create that. Um, the other aspect of looking at creating uh, financial security is, you know, I feel like we're sometimes more um, risky. We're willing to take a risk when we're younger than we, when we get older, we're like, well, I'm not willing to risk my savings or I'm not willing to risk, you know, learning something new because I have this job. So I'm going to focus all my energy on the place I don't want to be. And I'm like, really, why are you spending all your energy on the thing you don't want? So I was like, don't you want to take a little bit of time and start focusing on the life that you actually desire? And it's, it's interesting when you, when you give somebody feedback on what they're actually saying, because they won't come out and say that, but they'll say, you know, I'm spending all my time working. Do you want to be at that job? No. So you're spending all your time doing something you don't want to do. And it's like, don't you want to spend just a spark, just a little bit of time on that thing that you really want to experience later in life? And it's like an aha moment. It's like a spark that hits. It's like, what? and all of a sudden, you know, I've worked with so many people that literally within three months of them just beginning, just starting, just trying more money is coming in magically. <laughs> right. That's the miracle. More money's coming in, but they actually start towards creating new careers, doing something different or getting their dream jobs so that they actually can start saving. And some, for some people it's taking a class, learning how to budget, learning how to manage your money so that you can have the life that you want as you get older. There's so many ways to do this, but you know, sometimes we just need that outside person that can flip that, that the way we're thinking, because sometimes the way we're thinking is why we're stuck in the first place. Yeah, I find that with my clients as well. And I think a big, big block that I see is people are thinking always, I'm getting out of debt. It's kind of like the way when people are like, I'm going to lose weight. It's like a negative. Your mind doesn't understand the going to get out of. It undersees debt and it sees weight and it sees loss. That's it. And that's it because your mind doesn't know it. So, so you have to start with an affirmation like I am living with prosperity and abundance. I am living in a beautiful body that is vibrant, that's at my ideal weight, that type of thinking. And I think that thinking is so in, important and empowering because it's like, you know, if you're looking at, uh, you know, traditional scripture in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God word, like the words that you tell yourself, the I am statements determine your reality. And if you are having I am statements where I got to work all the time and it's not enough and, you know, I don't have the time to do all these things that I like, well, that's, what's going to show up in your life. So you need to sort of step back, like you're saying, and not and get off the friggin' treadmill um, and understand too, that time is the big precious, not money, especially at midlife. Like you cannot buy time. You can buy time by hiring people to do tours for you, things you do, you are not in your genius zone so that you can do more of what you're good at, but you, you know, you, time is really what is precious. And I think we also need to flip the script on, on work. Like I like to work. I work because I enjoy it. I don't know. It's like this work has gotten this bad name. I, I'm sure you feel the same way, right? You, you enjoy, oh, you said you enjoy what work. you do. I love working. Absolutely. And it's, and that's, I think why it's been so hard for so long to think of taking care of myself by taking a vacation. I mean, literally I would take my, my family on vacation and I would have a client who's just like, oh, I so need to talk to you. And I'm like, I'm putting on my makeup so that we can go to a show, but let me give you a call while I'm doing that. <laughs> And now I'm like, I'm not answering my emails. My phone's off. I'm actually spending time with my family. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It is really important. I think midlife is the time to do all of those things. I know when I got my cancer diagnosis, I'm like, it's time to travel. It's time to like have more fun. I have had more fun with Mr. Aquarian in the last, I think we usually count the days. We're almost up to day a thousand. 
Um, we're actually, this is, we're recording this, but I'm actually, as this is playing right now, I am in Costa Rica. Not exactly sure what I'm doing, but I'm sure that I'm away from gloomy New England and I am lying on a beach somewhere. We are actually uh, whitewater rafting down the Bacari River. We're going to be ziplining. We're just going to be having the time of our life. So you're really all about flipping the script. So so tell me a little bit about how you work with people at Midlife. I'm curious because I work with people at Midlife like you, even when I was in my 30s and I started working with people in nutrition, every single person that came to me was at midlife, usually women. So I have worked with thousands of women at midlife, developed my own signature system. So I would love to know, how do you work with women at midlife? You know, it's interesting. I think the reason I attracted so many uh, midlifers, you know, even as young as 21, I mean, it's been right off out the gate. First of all, I like older people, people who are older than me, and because I can identify with them more at the maturity level. Um, the other thing is midlifers tend to really know how to enjoy life or they're ready for something new. They're just ready. And I love working with people that are ready. I try to respect the fact that between 18 and 30, you're trying to figure out your identity. Um, and that's a journey that you need to go on. But once you start to hit certain ages, it's like, it's so much fun to work with just because you are so ready. And so I, you know, it's, it's just this beautiful, um, part of life that you get to tap into. And so those midlifers would come to me and, and say, I'm ready to create this, this, and this. And I'm like, okay, let's do it. And so that's a lot of how that, that healing works is by finding out what a person wants and setting that intention and getting clarity on that. And so the healing starts to work from the end, the moment of intention, healing begins. And so that's how I really help people in midlife. Um, it's how fast it happens because we do feel on some level we are running out of time. And so we're ready. We don't want to waste time anymore. We don't want to waste time on what ifs and, and how comes and do I not, you know, have this ability. And so, so many people come to you they're just like, it doesn't matter. I just want to try. I'm just ready for something different. So give me something different. And so those experiences tend to be very, very quick as far as family life's changing, like literally people who are estranged, no longer being estranged. Um, we have relationships that actually on the verge of divorce or breakup that don't, they become stronger, they become better. People who are looking for love, find love. So literally I work on getting people the results that they want, but even though we work on one specific area because you don't want to put all, you, you know, you don't want to spread yourself thin. You want to put all of your energy into creating one thing and one thing only. And when you get that thing, you can then switch up your intention. Well, my real goal underneath is to give people the life that they want in every area of their life. I don't think we should be picking and choosing, oh, I want money over love or I want love. So we don't need money. You know, it's like we look at, we can only have one or the other, not both. So intentionally we have to set one intention but that one intention is what's going to spawn the seed that grows the tree so we have all these branches that are luscious with leaves and living the best life and everything is good and so that's really what i do for people in their midlife is we actually create the best life the best i love life. that and i find too a couple of things that you said first of all it happens like that i'm always amazed that just yeah. making some shifts in your thinking, helping someone see things differently, helping people with their mindset piece, things change overnight. And the other thing that I find too, is that everything feeds in. So people often come to me, I would say my typical client is coming to me because they're struggling with weight. 
and I don't focus on the weight because at the end of the day, what they're doing is they are having a threesome with Ben and Jerry's. They're diving under the covers with Netflix and potato chips. They're having, you know, too much Chardonnay and cheddar and they know it, but at the end of the day, they're just that's like, that's their party. That's the one thing that they do for themselves that makes them feel good. But when we help them to feel good, like feel good in your body, feel good about your relationships, tell your teenagers to like do the dishes, you know, tell your husband, you know, what you need, great quality time, do these things in your career. We, like you said, you start intentionally looking at one area of your life, setting an attention, all the dominoes fall in Absolutely. place. And I, and we do something completely different because you help people work on their mindset. I actually work on the people where mindset doesn't work at all. And I love working with those cases because a lot of the, the issues that people have actually have nothing to do with us. We inherited it. And so when we can get rid of those issues from a deeper level, somebody's mindset will automatically change to a more positive one because we're negative bias. Our brains always go to the negative first to try to protect us, right? But what happens when you see life just change and life feels better from the inside out? All of a sudden you feel like, wow, I have options. I have choices. I have this miraculous life ahead of me. And so the mindset just automatically changes. And that's a lot of how we deal with depression and anxiety where it just magically goes away for people, usually within a session or two. And I've had people actually listen to one of my recorded healings and tell me all of a sudden the, the depression lifted and it hasn't come back. So I actually go on a deeper level generally, um, I work on all levels, but it's generally looking at like ancestry or how this came about that had nothing to do with you. So we can release that. Yeah, that's powerful. I did some of that healing myself when I um, was diagnosed with cancer. I realized, oh my goodness, uh, something needs to shift. And I worked with a really powerful healer. I'm trying to remember the modality she used, but she was, had me go into this kind of like box, like structure and visualize and connect with the ancestry. And I really had to ditch my workaholic. And that was really hard for me because my workaholic was keeping my business in place. And mm -hmm. what's been interesting is how do I work, get things done, you know, make money, all of the things without the workaholic. Um, because I, I know for me to stay in remission, which is truly the most important thing in my life right now is to like stay cancer free for the rest of my life that I have to do that. So it's interesting. I know I, I do a little bit of that work too. It's kind of like, I think about it as kind of removing psychic splinters. It's like, you've, you've got these things that you've inherited, as you said, either, you know, from past lives or your lineage and there you can help people actually lift those out. Correct. You can, I, there's a lot more to it because I use Chinese energy healing methods and uh, in Japanese and as shamanic, which is Native American. I mean, there's so many ways of, of doing this, but when you, you're just looking at the patterns that have nothing to do with you, because we have this whole thing about free will. And I actually think our free will is very limited because you, you can't just decide you're going to be happy for a lot of people and be happy. It doesn't work that way. And so it's like, well, where did that happen? Where did it come from? Where is, is your DNA saying that this is the way you have to live so that you're not disappointed? And so a lot of times, you know, I was a professional medium. So I've had where I'm in the middle of a session and I'm like, okay, let's do this one thing over here. And <laughs> somebody's, you know, uh, ancestor comes in and actually says, well, this came from this specific incident. And we've been passing along every since. So it's almost like whispering in your ear that you have to keep being disappointed. So you don't get disappointed. You have to feel this way. So you don't get this. So you don't get hurt. So you don't, you know, and it's, it's, it's so crazy to hear the stories, but as soon as a person hears the stories, all of a sudden a healing takes place. 
you know, it's, it's so amazing to me, but your ancestors want to see you heal, but they also want to heal. And so they do come in spirit or we're talking to your DNA itself. Even if we're not talking to your ancestors, it's in your DNA. They live within you in your DNA. And so it's amazing to be able to just do that work and have it just change on a cellular level. But there's a, a lot to it um, when it comes to dealing with somebody one way versus another. And that's why I like working with my clients because I get to see where the healing needs to take place because it's not always the same place. Yeah. Very, very powerful stuff. So we have a couple minutes left. So I want you to tell people again where they can find you and also tell us a little bit more about the Making Miracles Happen series. How can people connect with you and find out more about that? So Making Miracles Happen is makingmiraclescappenseries.com. And you can go there right now and register for the series if you'd like to. Um, and I, it's all year long. It's all year long show, but I have specials. So we're looking at Valentine's day or we're focusing just on money or just on love or whatever it is so that people can get, you know, specialized help and listen to those specialized healers like you, who's the midlife whisperer, you're really helping people in their midlife. And so it's great just to communicate and talk to people who are making the shifts and changes in people's lives. And that's what the series is about. Um, I've had a lot of emails from people that just say this series actually really did transform my life and, and things have been different ever since. It's like they, they received that healing um, just by listening to what the person has to say or experiencing the healer um, that I'm interviewing, actually giving healing to the whole entire you know audience. So it's, it's really amazing. But this series came from um, wanting to truly help people, wanting to truly connect to people and create that type of community, which doesn't feel like that easy going on Facebook and finding that community. Um, here, it feels very different because we're all watching the same show. We're all watching the same people. We're connecting to the same names. And so when you connect to people later on, there's like, oh, do you know who this person is? They said this thing. And it's like, somebody else could be like, oh, I saw that. Too. Well, <laughs> so I love really like being you. on. Huh? I love being on with you. It was a really uh, powerful you. interview. I'm so glad that you reached out. I want to let people know it's makingmiraclescappenseries.com. I will put that in the show notes. We have like a minute or so left. One quick word. How are you rocking your midlife, Adrian? Right now I'm rocking it in every area of my life. Love, money, and everything in between. This has been... Honestly, and even with, you know, the changes that have happened in the world since 2020, I've still been living my best years. I could not say like 2020 was so bad. I was like, it, it was miraculous. It was amazing. Yeah, I you know, I love the theories, right? <laughs> you have Beautiful. love in your life. You have this series. You have the most wonderful clients you've ever had in your life. Like everything is really great. And I want other people to experience that too. Come over to our side. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Miracles are a thing. Again, it's making miracles happen series. And I have been talking with healer Adrian Blackwell, who is just so gorgeous. I hope you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook. So you can see the light that is shining. Thank you so much for being here. This has been such a fun conversation. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed today. If you've enjoyed it, leave me a review. I'd love to know what you think about the show. And you can always reach out to me at the, the midlifewhisper.com. That's the midlifewhisper.com. We'll catch you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to Rock Your Midlife. We hope this episode has helped you get real, discover who you are, and get the tools to navigate your life. Until we talk again, have a fantastic week and go rock your midlife.
Midlife can be challenging. You may be sandwiched between growing kids and aging parents, dealing with menopause and trying to find work-life balance. Or maybe your life looks good on the outside, but inside you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed and wondering how to get your confidence and joy back. You need someone to help you get real, discover who you are and navigate life. Hi, I'm Dr. Ellen, the Midlife Whisperer, and I'm here to help. I've worked with hundreds of midlife women, went from surviving to thriving at midlife myself, and literally wrote the book on this pivotal time period, Rock Your Midlife, Seven Steps to Transform Yourself and Make Your Next Chapter Your Best Chapter. Think of me as the one-stop shop for all your midlife needs. I'm a psychologist, nutritionist, and board-certified health and wellness coach with 30 years of experience empowering midlife women. I provide nutrition consults, life coaching, and free resources to help you transform your body, your mind, your career, and your relationships. Feeling stuck? I can help you figure out how to live authentically with joy, passion, and purpose. Every Wednesday here on Voice America, live from 2 to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I share my passion for making the most of midlife and my expertise on the most pressing midlife issues from changing family relationships, managing stress, and securing enough resources to rediscovering yourself. I also interview experts from around the world to help you navigate your life. For more information, please visit my website, themidlifewhisperer.com for fabulous resources, including my free gift, 10 Tips to Rock Your Midlife. That's themidlifewhisperer.com. Hope to see you there soon.